Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Everyone has a bright light inside of them that deserves to be seen by the world. That's why it's time to shine the light on the extraordinary who are accomplishing phenomenal things. This is the Shine Out Loud show with Lillian Ogbogo. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever in the world you are, and welcome to another episode of the Shine Out Loud show with me, Lillian Ogbogo. Now... I am just thrilled to have a young woman who decided she was sick of the ugly black tights. She was tired of the ashy ones that made us look weird. She was tired of a single standard for beauty being targeted across the world and said enough is enough after being in what she thought was one of the most diverse cities in the world and couldn't find a shade of tight to fitter. I am talking about the founder and creator of Share Chemistry, Talia Gray. So join me and welcome this phenomenal woman. Hi, Talia. Hello. Um, that was a lovely introduction. Thank you. You are welcome. Now I'm just I'm just excited because you've touched all my excitement buttons. I'm like pretty tight. <laughs> you like to travel. It's inclusive beauty. So yes all excited yeah great great and I'm, I'm so excited to be on your show yes even though you know skype and talk talk we're planning other things and i said not today not today we're having the show <laughs> exactly exactly we can't let that uh, that stop us exactly so you know what let's jump right in because first of all how did you go from learning and development to creating tights yeah, so that's a really good question and, and one that I often get asked. So I um, got, shortly after finishing uni, I got a job in New York um, working in learning and development within an investment bank. So of course I was excited about being in New York. But one of the things that excited me most was having access to products that I couldn't find in London, but yes. um, I always wanted. Um, and Tights that match my skin tone was one of those things. And I thought, because it is one of the most cosmopolitan cities in the world, surely this is going to be an easy find, right? Mm. Um, so I, and, and also working in the corporate world, it's, it's something that I genuinely wanted every day. Yes. Um, 
So I went looking in the department stores, pharmacies, etc., high and low, um, and I couldn't find anything. So for me, it was really a question of there's so many brands out there um, making tights um, and making nude tights in inverted commas, um, yet none of them were matching my skin tone. I would try a lot. I would um, accumulate hordes of tights, um, but every time I put put them on, because, you know, sometimes in the shop, you're looking at them and you think, maybe, maybe Mm -hmm, that can mm -hmm. do. Um, And and then you actually put them in and you go into the broad daylight and it's like, whoa, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, wait, when did I become this shade of jaundice? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, so it really um, occurred to me that um, there weren't any brands out there. It was a massive gap, and I really wanted to build a brand that um, dedicated itself to celebrating the diverse shades of beauty that exist within women of color and empowering them to feel confident and gorgeous in their own skin. Okay, so that's that. That's a transition, and yeah. So, you know, let me just, let's, let's, let's get this out of the way. How did you get the, go from concept to delivery? Because you must have had a lot of challenges in, 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 in between idea to delivery. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I guess, you know, I, I came up with the idea and then I was like, okay, so, so how do I do this? Um, so I, I decided to go with, because there weren't any shades that existed that I was happy with, I had to create my own. Right. And so that was the first step for me, creating the shades. Um, and because uh, I wanted to use some form of reference point, I, w- I looked to makeup, the makeup industry, um, because at the time they did have some um, broader shades. And mm-hmm. so I would go around the makeup counters around London and collect little pots um, of foundation um, and then eventually categorize them, grade them, group them, um, which eventually formed my five shades. And um, so it was a real research and development process, but based on foundation shades. Um, and that's how I developed my shades from there. And you know what? It was so funny because I took your quiz online to kind of dis- determine what my shade is. And I was like, I recognize, yeah, I've used that makeup. So I was in the right ballpark. It was it was so funny to actually see makeup being matched to tight. I was like, now this is interesting. Mm, yeah, yeah. But I guess it, it made sense to me because it was something that I used and, and women in my target market used. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a good reference point to, to create something um, for tight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Batman has his utility belt. We know. <laughs> Wonder yeah. Woman has her lasso of truth. You believe that tights are an empowerment tool. So let's talk about this. How? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because like, I guess tights are just something that we haven't always had access to in our shade. Mm. Um, and so I've created three different products. Um, that are based on um, the pillars of a chemistry woman. So I've got Radiance, um, mm-hmm. which is a gloss tight um, for all the times that you want to feel your most radiant. It's like the party tight. Um, and then we've got Ambition, which is 
for everyday workwear, as the mm-hmm. name suggests, and then confidence, which um, is designed for the ultimate confidence boost to lift and shape your curves. So I want women to put on their power, really, essentially, put on their tights and feel their best self, feel their most radiant self, feel their most ambitious self, feel their most confident self. So in that way, that is your superpower, and you just feel unstoppable when you're wearing these bad boys. Um, so yeah and it's just something that really um celebrates your beauty in the act of putting it on and being seamless and people not even realizing that you've got them on um but your legs looking 100 you know exactly you're looking all shades of lovely and people are like oh and yeah Mm -hmm. I, i see your point i see your point so you know we're talking we're we're Really, let's look at this. It's 2019 and we are still talking about the need for equal representation in makeup, in nude clothing, for all all shades of brown women. Why why are we still in this moment, this era, still talking about this? Yeah, it's crazy. It's actually crazy that we do have to still talk about it. And it's crazy that, you know, brands like Fenty are revolutionizing the industry in 2018. Um, But I think it's just about reclaiming our narrative um, and taking ownership of the products that we want to see in the world and that we wished existed when we were growing up. Um, So I I think because with the whole um, internet era, um, black women and women of color are able to do a lot more in terms of create their own businesses and push them out to the world. And I think there's a there's a wave of that happening. So I think instead of waiting for you know the big brands to actually acknowledge acknowledge us, and um, we're creating our own. So I think it's 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 that reason that it's taken a bit a bit longer than it should mm-hmm. and you know and and i like the fact that for you it's not just about the tights it's about the conversation behind it is about the stories and which yeah. is why i found it fascinating that each tight has a story and a name that is not food related or cocoa <laughs> um yeah that's it's it's funny because it's one of my pet peeves like and the names of shades um for makeup types whatever you know chocolate cocoa mocha mahogany all those things and um i often have conversations about this and people are like it's not that deep you know i recognize with chocolate but i just think it really fetishizes like brown skin tones and and really reduce it reduces it to something sweet you know and it's sweet of course but um something that should be consumed um so I wanted to um create a little bit more depth um with my shade names and I thought it was really important to to do that um and in recognizing that um women of color um have Um, a story to tell um, and have traveled the world Um, and if they haven't want to travel the world um, I I wanted to really find a way to encapsulate that and um, for me I'm I I love to travel um, and I think it's made up a a huge part of who I am um, and the experiences that I've had so I wanted to kind of take a snapshot of that and put it in the tights. And um, okay. so I've named, yeah, so um, 
I've named the, the sites after cosmopolitan and desirable cities. So I have Havana Glow, Rio Romance, New York Soul, which is my shade, and Nairobi Sunrise and Parisian Dream. Okay. So, you know, and while we're sticking on travel, because mm-hmm. your background is actually quite interesting, you are Australian Jamaican. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's two diametrically opposed places so i'm curious what were your parents doing in australia that's just my question (laughs) yeah no it's a good one um so my my parents love to travel as well and i think that's where i've inherited that travel bug from um so my parents um uh my dad got a job um in the late 70s, actually in Papua New Guinea, um, which is just above Australia, attached to Indonesia. And my sister was born in Papua New Guinea. Um, okay. And then they went on to Sydney, where he got another job there. Um, and then they ended up staying for 25 years. So um, they were just um, open to new opportunities. Um, and they let that, that take them around the world. Um, so I think that that's definitely something that I've inherited in the fact that your world is actually your oyster and you need to explore it um so yeah that's why I've kind of explored the world on my own back um after leaving Sydney um and moving with my family back to London um yeah but I think it was um an interesting childhood in the fact that I I never saw um myself represented in like newspapers magazines on television mm. but it's funny because i i didn't realize that i didn't see it until i saw it right <laughs> um when i came to london but i was just expri- surprised that it still wasn't a mainstream representation now i get that i remember the first time i i went to atlanta and i watched a commercial and it was an entire black family looking happy mm-hmm. and I remember I was laying there watching the TV and then it struck me wait that's a black family on TV yeah doing a toothpaste commercial and it's mm-hmm. a good one and I'm like huh yeah <laughs> you kind of have that moment yeah. where you're like huh okay yeah I, yeah like oh my gosh like and that's beautiful I know I know <laughs> <laughs> you, you kind of pause and you're like huh yeah yeah <laughs> I can actually remember a recent moment. I think it was about a year ago or two years ago. Um, and I think it's Sky News and um, there's um, two black presenters. And right. I need to say this, that they're two dark skinned presenters. Um, uh, and they were um, co-hosting together. To- and wait, I together? Actually, I actually, yeah. And I actually had to take a photo. Because I was like, oh, my gosh, this never happens. They're, they're both on every day, but they're always, you know, not together. Um, so, yeah, it's just moments like that when you're like, oh, my gosh, this never happens. But it's mm. a beautiful moment. No, I absolutely agree. And um, I will go back on your Instagram and look for that picture because we need to see more of that. And, yeah, it, it's, yeah. and, and we are living in a time where it shouldn't be the, oh, my God, did you see this? It should be. Yeah. Yeah. It's Tuesday. It's Saturday. So, okay, it happens. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I guess that's what I really wanted to create with Sheer Chemistry. So I wanted to um, create images that I always wanted to see in mainstream media um, mm -hmm. and that I always wanted brands to present, um, but I just didn't see. So I've really um, tried to portray um, women of color as women um, who uh, live in great places, do great things, look fabulous. Um, but this this is an everyday woman, woman and women that I know, I have friends, I have family who live these lives. So right. it's not necessarily an aspirational image. It's just a reality that we just don't see depicted. Um, and normally, unfortunately, we're still seeing um, stereotypes um, of what it is to be a black woman. But I, I just really want to normalize um, the lives that we actually live. Um, and and just represent that in a brand story. You know what? That's actually very powerful, and this is why it has me very excited to interview you. Because looking at your story, looking at your reasons why, there's a lot of conversation around this, and I think we need more and more women like you to say, "No, this is not right. We need more." So, you know, one of the things I was thinking about is. You know, looking at how you got to where you are, did you ever have mm -hmm. any resistance to your ideas in the beginning? Um, yeah, I think along the way I've had a lot of, well, it, it's funny because I, I'm re really selective of um, who I take advice from. Mm -hmm. um, so, of course, there's been many, 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 many times when people are, are like, well, you know, how about all shades, um, you know? I, as, you know, a non-black woman, um, also have problems finding my shade. But, um, and so it's kind of like, do I kid to the masses or do I kind of stick with my guns and have a, a I don't want to use the word niche because I don't actually believe my products are niche, mm -hmm. um, but do I just focus on a specific demographic? Um, and so I have had that kind of resistance in terms of, well, why aren't you catering for everyone? But I think in terms of um, building a business of any form, you need to be specific with your target market. Um, and for me, um, this is a demographic, women of color, who I care deeply for, that I can um, uh, really identify with in terms of um, the struggles and um, what uh, challenges we face um, specifically. Um, and then I know how to best kind of speak to them in the language that um, is just resonates. Um, so I won't <laughs> um, be catering to all shades. Um, and I think it's important to, to um, celebrate women of color in, in specifically. Yeah. And I think there's, a, there's almost this need that we somehow have to apologize when we say, well, this is who we are catering to and for and then there's a question is why not all shades well simply because if i go into any department store across the world you are catered for i am not yeah 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 so it's also having that conversation um yeah because i i find i find the question quite baffling uh, because it's like, yes, exactly what you said. Like, if you go into any Boots Debenhams, there are shades of nude which are beige, which will suit the rest of the market. And I, I have no um, 
I have no need to compete with those brands. Mm -hmm. And now speaking of competition, because you actually Mm -hmm. mentioned it earlier, you spoke about the fact, you know, we've spoken about the fact that this is an emerging market where there are more and more brands coming into this sphere of catering for all shades of brown. Now, Mm -hmm. do you do you see it as an open playing field or is it getting to a point of saturation or is there still room for more brands of colors to emerge? I think it's it's an open playing field. There's room for everyone. Um, I do have a few competitors in this space. And I, I think, you know, the more the merrier. Um, like, like it is when you, you know, go to buy a pair of trainers or even toothpaste or, you know, a dress. Yes. Um, we're bombarded with choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, having choice is, is a wonderful thing. So I, I want... Um, us all to be able to go into the market and choose the brands that best suit us. So um, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Nope. Okay. So, and, and that's, and that's great because I think we need more of your brands, their brands. We need more, as you said, more choice, but we also need to know that there are more incredible um, brands of color out there that we can go to across Mm -hmm. the world. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think um, when when it comes to a point where, you know, where we can go into any high street around the world and select products that suit us um, and that are designed to, um, to cater for us, I think that's going to be a beautiful day. Yes, no, I absolutely agree. So going back to the business, going back to creating share chemistry, how important mm-hmm. has networking been for you? And, and the business? It's been incredibly important, like incredibly important. And I don't think I would have been able to get where I am without it. So um, just, tell, just to tell you a quick story and just the impact of networking for me, um, back when I was starting the brand, uh, I, I did um, study business. So I did have kind of a background in what it takes to run a business but the practicality is completely different so right. I just want I um just wanted to immerse myself in spaces with business people and with people who were starting businesses so I would go to events every week um and go on Eventbrite I don't know if you're familiar with Eventbrite um, yes or the listeners um but yeah it's just a um an online platform which um uh, lists events around the country. Um, so I'd go on an event, right? Type in, you know, fashion, business, networking, and then go, you know. Okay. Um, and one of the early events that I went to was um, at the London College of Fashion, um, which was called the Business of Fashion. Um, okay. And at that, yeah, and um, at that time, I was um, not sure about how to approach manufacturers. Um, I had a list of manufacturers in the UK and their numbers, and but I just sat on it because I didn't know who to trust, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't know um, if they would, you know, hear me talk and then be like, "Oh my gosh, that's a great idea," and then next week be doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I brought that question to this event, um, and. As fate would have it, um, one of the women on the panel spent a lot of time talking about the difficulties that she's had finding a manufacturer, um, so much so that when she had a a bespoke shirt company 
based in Mayfair. Um, and uh, she went into the US market and um, the quality was so poor that they had to pull the shirts from the shelf. Um, wow. And after, yeah, it was an extreme story. Um, and after that, she actually decided to buy a factory. I know it's not something that we can all do, but that's what she did. <laughs> um, just so that she could, you know, get a handle on the quality aspect. Um, so I, I asked her the question, you know, I'm looking for a manufacturer. I told her I'm starting, I told her my idea, mm-hmm. um, looking to um, find a manufacturer, but I just don't know who to trust. What would you recommend? And then she talked about NDAs and, and things like that. But then she was like, actually, I have a friend who's in the hosiery business. Speak to me afterwards and... Um, I'll put you in touch. So she did put me in touch with this woman who at the time um, ran ran um, an, uh, the biggest UK online distributor of tights. Wow. Um, and then she then put me in touch with a whole host of manufacturers. So that was the power of networking for me. Um, and that was in the very, very early days. So going to that event led me to my manufacturer um, who I did all my product development with. Okay. And I think yeah, that's actually that's actually a story that you need to keep telling and we need to keep mm. hearing because we need to remind ourselves the importance of networking. And I, for one, need that reminder constantly. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would say most of my big wins was a, a result of networking. Okay. So, you know, looking at your tights, looking at the business of being in the business, the question I have is, how did you end up being supported by Virgin Startup as well? Um, so I, I guess this is something, you know, when you're, when, when you're starting a business, you have to think about uh, where your money is going to come from and how you're going to financially support the growth of the, growth of the business. Um, and Virgin Startup is actually... Um, backed by a government um, initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I, I actually just ap- applied to the program and um, started um, started getting the ball rolling um, just before, not just before launch, but in, while I was um, developing the product. So um, Virgin Start is a great organization and I ended up getting um, a loan from them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the good things, though, is they give you um, business support throughout the um, the process of applying. For and I think for me that was about six months, six to ten months. Okay. Um, and um, but I I was challenged throughout that process. So it wasn't just the case of applying and then saying, "Oh, that's a great idea. Here's the money." It was like, "Okay, well." you assume that you're going to buy X amount of tights and it's going to sell. What, what um, proof do you have? Like, what can you tell me now that's going to guarantee that the stock that you buy tomorrow is going to sell? Yeah. So they, ac- they actually made me do a lot of um, market testing. Um, and I, on the back of that, I did a crowdfunding campaign through Kickstarter because okay. I had to pr- prove my concept um, before they actually gave me the lump, the, the bulk of um the startup loan so mm-hmm. it was a good way in um just proving my concept and there's a, a lot of extra hoops that I wouldn't have jumped through had they not challenged me and I think it was a good thing 
Okay. Now, I think, yes, challenges can be good, even though they can have moments where they feel like they're... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I remember. I actually remember. I think think after my meeting, uh, my... One of my first meetings with my business advisor through Virgin, and he said, "Like, what can you tell me today to guarantee that your products are going to sell?" I think I actually cried after that meeting. Really, (laughs) yeah. And it sounds no, but it sounds because the thing is, you have so much like conviction in your idea. So so Mm. when sometimes when someone challenges you, you're like, "How dare they?" But it was it was coming from a good place. so it actually really um, uh, helped me build the foundations of a strong business rather than just kind of saying, oh, yeah, 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 it's going to be fine, you know. But, you know, you've just raised a, uh, something really important when you talked about crying after going to a major meeting like this. And I remember I interviewed mm-hmm. somebody else who spoke about an experience almost similar. And we almost feel like we have to be ashamed of the fact that, oh, my God, this is what happened. This is where we are. And this is the emotion that I felt. And I'm Mm -hmm. thinking, well, no, no, no. The tears are necessary. You're a human Mm -hmm. being. And and actually, sometimes it does hurt when somebody takes, it almost feels like someone's taking a sharp pin to your balloon of your idea. And you're like, ow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I think you just have to remind yourself well, a lot of the time it's coming from a good place. Like they yes. want you to win, but they just want you to kind of put the processes and do the plan, the necessary planning before you kind of launch it out to the world and spend a whole load of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of a form of protection. But in terms of just feeling the emotions and, you know, uh, entrepreneurial life is such a roller coaster and there's huge highs, but there's huge lows Um, and so like you will cry I cry (laughs) not all the time but frequently you know Um, and I think it's definitely important to to keep balanced and to keep um, you know remind yourself of the like keep a good perspective on things and take a step back sometimes and um, because sometimes in like the, the situation that we're talking about you can feel like someone's taking a personal shot at you yes. but really it's just helping you develop your business to the best it can be um so yeah I think you have to just keep that in mind um and not take things too personally but um mm-hmm. yeah it is an emotional roller coaster definitely Okay, so from that emotional low to your high of having the Kingdom Choir performers end up wearing your tights for the royal wedding, that must have been some serious proud mommy moments. How did that come about? <laughs> it was incredible. Like, honestly, like, definitely a highlight of, um, of last year. Um, so one of my um, team members, um, Shafra, um, her cousin is actually in the royal wedding. So I guess this is another um, uh, uh, example of networking. Um, And so uh, her cousin um, and some of the members um, were like, it would be great if we could have types. So it was just a case of her calling and being like, Talia, can you provide like 30 30 pairs of types tomorrow? And... Mm. um, yeah, and so I didn't. I, I I don't think she could disclose all the details at the time. She was just like, "It's 
an event, um, can you do it? Um, and I was like, yes, yes. Okay. When, where? Um, so yeah, later on, I, I um, was made aware that it was actually the royal wedding. Um, but yeah, so it was just a case of getting a call, a random call one mm-hmm. Wednesday, um, and just saying yes. Okay. So the, the moral of the story is say yes when you ask something really strange and random. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, okay. It, yeah, because it's, it's not the first time that something like that has happened. Um, and I think you just have to say yes. Um, mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, okay, you might um, give gift some products and maybe nothing happens. But if something does happen, I think it's, it's worth just jumping on it. Exactly. And besides, I, you can say the Kingdom Choir performers, they're badasses on their own. You know? They were wearing your tights at the yes. royal wedding. Whether yes. you're a royalist or not, you know, there was a soft spot for that particular wedding. We, you know, there, there are reasons. Yeah, oh my gosh, like it was the best. It was the best wedding. It was black, a black wedding yes. in, in terms of the representation. Yes. The reverend, oh my gosh. The reverend took it home. <laughs> I, I basically spent the whole day kind of flitting in and out. And then when I heard the reverend, I'm like, there are people in that room thinking, um, how do we leave now? Can we go home? Because they were not like, they were not expecting it. No, no, they should have thought they're packed lunch. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a huge moment, um, I think, for the culture. Yes. Um, and I was um, really, really honoured to um, be part of that moment um, through the Kingdom Choir because they did a phenomenal performance. And so I, I couldn't have planned that, you know? Yeah, I think that that was just an amazing moment. I think it's something that we need to just be celebrating. Like, yes. And those performers, yeah. oh, dear God, they can sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've they've gone on to do amazing things. Mm-hmm. They have now sewn to Sony. They did like a Coke, um, Coca-Cola deal. Yes. Um, and I, I think, think British Airways thing. Yes, yes. They were on, they're on the new British Airways um, commercial. I'm like, yeah, I had so, all of like, you. They, yeah, they're going from strength to strength to strength. So I'm so proud of them and so proud that we can collaborate um, from time to time. Awesome. Now, okay, so, you know, we're talking tights. We're talking about undergarments for women. You know, we're talking stuff that confuses men on a good day. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Most of you are like, why we don't... So how do do you have any how-to guides for your male customers who are coming in to buy for their shades of brown women in their lives? That's a good point, you know, because I think I need to maybe spell it out a bit more for men. And so normally I just direct them to the same um, guides that I, that I have for everyone, which is the, the um, foundation and celebrity shade match. And I think for um, men, the celebrity shade matches are a little bit more easy to do, um, mm-hmm. to like get their heads around. So um, for those um, who don't know what I'm talking about, so um, I've got five shades of brown. Um, and um, for each shade, I've aligned it to um, the relevant shade of um, MAC, um, 
Bobby Brown and Nas makeup. So let's just say you wear um, a Mac shade NW45. Um, I've aligned that to New York Soul. So you know, mm-hmm. okay, I wear NW45, New York Soul. Um, also, you can be like, okay, well, I look, I'm a similar shade to Michelle Obama. I'm a similar shade to Jordan Dunn. And so then you know, yes, I'm New York Soul. However, if, if your partner is more a shade um, like Beyonce or Rihanna, you can be like, okay, well, um, your partner's color um, shade is going to be Rio Romance. Um, so it's that hopefully gives a guide for men as well as women um, to find the right shade um, for their significant other. Right. Okay. And speaking of Michelle Obama, you were one Mm -hmm. of the incredibly lucky women who managed to get tickets. (laughs) I'm not envious at all. (laughs) Not not at all. Mm -mm. (laughs) It was was like, honestly, there are some moments in life where you just have to be like, thank you, Jesus. Um, Because you can't, those tickets were like gold dust. Um, and I can't actually claim that it was me who got the tickets. My sister, who I went with, who is just amazing at doing stuff like this and just an amazing person in general. And um, so she got the tickets. Then we'd both set our alarms that morning when the tickets went on sale. I was on my phone, my laptop, my computer. Um, <laughs> And she was doing the same with her respective devices. And we were kind of checking in with each other where we were in the queue. And I was mm-hmm. like 18,000 and something. And she was like, oh, I'm 50th. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, stay there. Stay there. Um, so, yeah, she, she ended up getting tickets. And we went along to um, the event, which was just incredible. Just to see Michelle Obama and Tim Amanda on one stage was mm. actually made my life, not just my year, my life. But then, <laughs> you know, let's kind of kind of turn that lens a bit uh, around a bit because Chi Amanda is on the stage, Michelle Obama is on the stage, and you know, I cannot imagine just how amazing <sighs> it was. But can you imagine just turning around and looking in the room of how oh my many God. amazing oh my black women were, and brown women that were in the room? in that moment at that day it it was overwhelming like honestly it was and even the the recollection of it is overwhelming like honestly so for me i know i missed out i'm and i won't even lie green with all shades of envy but you know i am glad that you know somebody i'm talking to went <laughs> yeah it was it was an incredible night so um you know you would look through the crowds and you would see like I saw Mich- um, Michaela Cole and I saw like Monroe Bergdorf and I saw um, uh, Kanye King and um, June Sarpong like everyone was in the crowd hmm. and it was, yeah. that was the, that was crazy yeah and we need more events like that that put black women in the room together being together yeah. We need more yeah. events like that. Yeah, because I think they're, they're very few and far between. I think the only other time when I felt similar was seeing Tim Amanda on stage at South Bank, um, mm. which was another incredible moment. And then I think the only other time is Black Girl Fest. Which, which is um, coming up this year as well. It's coming up soon, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. And um, the funny thing about Black Girl Fest, which I've been to now for the, their first two years and Sheer Chemistry exhibited um, last year, um, but the inspiration behind um, Black Girl Fest is actually from one of the Tim Amanda talks. Um, so one of the co-founders of Black Girl Fest, Nicole, yeah. who went to um, a talk of Tim Amanda and felt the Black Girl magic and wanted to replicate that in some way, shape, or form. So for, for her, it was the impact of being in the room that inspired Black Girl Fest. Mm. And that's powerful because you never know what can be inspired, what connections can be made, what... Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So, yeah, you know, it's just... Uh, yeah, I think we need... You're right, we need more and more of these events. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah, it was. it's powerful. Okay, so what drives your creativity? What drives you to create? Um, I think uh, for me, it's really uh, serving women of color. So, you know, on those days that I think, you know, I can't do this anymore. And I think we all have those days. Or Mm -hmm. is it really worth it? And then I think about, you know, our message, which at at its core is um, creating a more diverse perception of beauty and empowering women to feel confident and gorgeous in their own skin and um, which I think is we still haven't really achieved like in terms of the community on an everyday level and so I think just looking back to the aim and the mission of the business I think that's what really inspires me to continue to be creative and continue to um just go <laughs> go <laughs> um and um continue to do what I do yeah I think that's worth it I that it really makes it all worth it okay and that's actually powerful words it's yeah sometimes you need to have those reasons to get up now and we are speaking about those days that when they come they feel heavy they feel hard so Mm -hmm. how do you personally deal with your doubts um um so I I use affirmations a lot um, because I think it's, I struggle a lot. And I was talking to a friend yesterday about imposter syndrome. Um, I had, yesterday was significant because I gave um, a guest lecture at my old university to the MBA students there. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. And so I think Lynn Talia giving a, a guest lecture to MBA students. I haven't even done an MBA. And so then I find myself talking all this negativity to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I have to, you know, kind of get out of that and be like, you know, I am enough and I am smart and I have achieved um, and just talk to myself in a way that really hypes me up. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's easy for self-doubt to creep in and negativity to creep in and then you're kind of um, throwing your um, duvet over your cover and you're like, don't answer the email or you say <laughs> no and you make up an excuse and you're just self-sabotaging, which I do actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so it's just really speaking to yourself um, positively. And I, one of my intentions this year is to speak to myself in a way that um in a way that I would speak to a friend because I I find that I'm very negative to myself extremely negative and I talk very harshly to myself um and so treating myself kindly and speaking to myself kindly um and giving myself that reassurance I think has been key you know well that's actually that 
let me say it this way. You need to say that again so the people in the back can hear you. <laughs> um, yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's all about just um, speaking to yourself in a way that um, reinforces the greatness that's inside of you and allows you to enter the world in a way that makes an impact. And I think we all have greatness inside of us and we all deserve to do well and um, accept those opportunities that we deserve. But I think in order to accept those opportunities, um, we need to actually see those opportunity, opportunities as being for us. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to use the university situation because I felt like I was way out of my depth in mm-hmm. terms of when the proposal came um came to me via an email and I was just like what what why why me and then it's like but why the hell not me you know what I mean and <laughs> <laughs> um, and <laughs> and um the reality is um I did have the skills and it went exceptionally exceptionally well um and um the feedback from the students was like wow you've actually covered everything that we've learned on the MBA program but given to us in a very practical way so that was the feedback that they gave but if the way that I was talking to myself when the email landed in my inbox is like I, I I don't have the skills and knowledge to deliver this Exactly. And I think if if we actually analyze sometimes the words we say to ourselves, if a stranger or somebody else says exactly the same thing, we will fall out with them. But yet we accept we accept that from ourselves to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I because I've caught myself um, and the way that I speak to myself a few times and I would never, ever, ever speak to even someone that I didn't like the way that I speak to myself sometimes, which mm. is deep. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, it's wrong. We, we need, <laughs> it's just wrong. Yeah. And even the way that I tell myself off, like it's really harsh. Um, so I think once you kind of acknowledge that and really like shine a light on that, you can start to, and I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight because I still catch myself like swearing to myself and all kinds of things, but um, which I don't normally do in my day-to-day language. Um, but I think once you kind of acknowledge that, you can start to change change yes. it for the better. Yeah. Okay. I, you know what? I, I like this. This is this is honest conversations, and we all do it. And it's, I guess, yeah. is getting to that place, like you said. Once you see it, you you address it. Now, let's let me ask you this. You know, twenty eighteen was a year for self care. It seemed, but you know, when we look at it seriously, we all need a level of self nurturing. So, with mm-hmm. everything you do, how do you incorporate self care into your life? Ah, that's a really good question. And I think um, since I've gone full-time in the business, which was only in November, um, it's been more and more important um, to make sure that I'm doing things for me on a weekly basis. Um, And how I personally do that is I run. Running is a um, really, really important part of my self-care regime um, and something that I do multiple times a week normally in the morning I go um, I've got a a local uh, what do I call it 
bigger than a park, but let's just call it a park, um, okay. where I run, run around and get some fresh air and I see green, um, which is really <laughs> makes such a difference because when I come back and I start my day, I've got a clear mind right. um, and I can kind of, it's, for me, I call running a meditative practice because mm-hmm. I find that it really helps me um, think about ideas, clarify things, and I really kind of can talk to myself in a way that's very open and honest and I give myself that time and space. Um, so I'm also a part of a running crew called Run Them Crew, um, which is based out of Shoreditch. Okay. Um, so I meet up with them every Tuesday as well. So that's like a part of the week, which if someone's like, can you do lunch, can you do dinner, drinks, I've got an event. And if it's on Tuesday, the answer is always no because I've got running. <laughs> um, and so that's something that I'm firmly, firmly, firmly committed to. Um, and I find that it really, like, invigorates my week. Like, it's wonderful. Okay. So I know you also do, you know, I have a picture of you from your into, from your Instagram. I just need to ask questions. Were you about to take off, fly? You look like you were hanging air in this picture (laughs) i was i was looking at this picture color me impressed but girl you you took flight (laughs) okay so the picture you're referring to is um a picture of me jumping in the air in the district yes and so a friend of mine from random actually invited me to go to the peak district i think in october november time um, and it was something that I'd never done before. I've never been trail running. And trail running, essentially, is running not on the road, kind of okay. in the wild. Um, so she invited me to go trail running in the Peak District with um, three other friends. And I said, yeah, that sounds like fun. Um, and what I didn't know is it would just be one of the best experiences ever. Um, and I think because, you know, we do live, well, we do live in a city, we live in London um, and there's a lot of pollution and sometimes we forget what fresh air is. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I do. And so when I went to the Peak District and, and so it was basically a 20K run up and down mountains. And I think for most people, wow. they're like, what the hell? 20k it was so so good in terms of it was like being at one with nature and you know feeling the wind whip your face and the oxygen the fresh oxygen in your lungs and really being like that much closer to heaven (laughs) it sounds (laughs) it sounds really extreme but that's how that's how good it felt like it was wonderful and I can't wait to go back out not necessarily to the peak district but something of that nature and just be running wild that's what it was like it was wonderful (laughs) I just I just looked at the image I was like girl is doing some hang time here that was all that was as far as I got I was like wow (laughs) yeah yeah but I guess it if, if we put it as like a um, an analogy of how high I felt that day in a mm-hmm. good natural way. Mm-hmm. I think that really encapsulates that. Yep. I think, I think it does. I think it does. <laughs> I really do. Cause you looked relaxed and happy and I read the caption. So yes, I think um, that definitely was a, a good day for you. Yeah, definitely. So what are you currently reading or what was the last book that you have read? 
Um, so I'm currently reading um, the 10X Rule. Um, so it's all about, I don't even know, do I have it in my bag? I don't have it in my bag. I can't even tell you who wrote the book, but it's the 10X Rule. So it's, it's all about doing um, 10 times um, the, the work um, and okay. putting in 10 times the effort that you currently put in to, re- to achieve maximum results. Okay. Um, and it's, it's, it's a really, really good book because I think sometimes um, we say that we're working, <laughs> in advert commas, yeah. but I think um, being really um, intentional and precise about what work, what good work looks like and what a productive day looks like is really key. So does it like, you know, a productive day include, you know, 20 emails to prospective buyers and like, 10, um, 10 emails to um, new, uh, new customers or, you know, meetings with, you know, five meetings with X. You know, I think you really have to define what it is. Um, and so when I looked at my, what I was actually doing and times it by 10, mm-hmm. I think that's when I started um, producing real results. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to actually search out for the book. And according to my Amazon, it's saying it's the 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. So I'll be adding that to my Audible. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's really good. And I also am just finished reading um, the Michelle Obama book, which is wonderful. And everyone must own one copy and read and devour every word. Okay. You've heard what Talia said, <laughs> go and buy the book. Please, people, This and this has been my bugbear since this has come out, stop sending around the PDF copy. Go buy yeah. the book. Whether buy, you the buy, book. buy the book. <laughs> That's buy all the book. I have to say. I, I actually have two copies, and I bought two copies. Good. See, buy the book. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, so we'll come to that point in the show where we talk about our so loud moment of the week. What is your mm-hmm. so loud moment? Um, so my soul loud moment, cause we're, we're shouting out someone else, right? Yes. Yes. So, um, my soul loud moment is actually my sister, Kamara Gray, um, who is a phenomenal businesswoman in her own right. Um, so she, uh, owns a youth dance company, uh, called Artistry Youth Dance, which, um, really acts to, uh, develop the skills of aspiring black dancers in classical mm. dance styles so ballet jazz and contemporary um, and she's doing a wonderful job she's just reached her fifth year anniversary um but one thing um that she has recently launched is her um theater ayd theater club i don't think that's actually what it's called but that's what it is <laughs> um and so she she will be um taking groups of young black dancers and showcase or exposing them to theater shows with um, black cast members so that they can see themselves um, on stage um, and have role models to aspire to. So she is doing phenomenal work in developing um, black dancers um, and getting them into um, uh, further education in dance um, and just really celebrating um, their artistry and their skills. So that's who I wanted to shout out today. And I think that's a very wordy shout. So loud moment. So (laughs) let's get the round of applause going right there. 
Oh, that is actually really amazing. I think, yes, we need more people doing incredible things like that because I know the impact seeing Hamilton had of me. I know the impact of seeing mm-hmm. the first time I saw Porgy and Bess um, on stage. Yeah, yeah. It was, yes. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, it's it's great. Um, so she's been doing this for five years and I've um, been involved in helping her along the way and just to mm-hmm. see some of her early dancers and see where they are now. Like it's just incredible, incredible. There's um, one of my favorite stories is a, um, a young lady who lived in Norfolk, a mixed race girl. Um, okay. um, and she would travel um, to Islington every week from Norfolk was tremendously dedicated, um, ended up getting um an offer to a, a performing arts school um, for university years um, and has just graduated um, and now is working professionally as a dancer. And why wow. I say that story is because this young lady was not necessarily very involved in the... Uh, she didn't have much exposure to culture, right. let's just say that. Um, and being in Norfolk, you're not going to get that exposure so being able to be in a space where she felt welcome and she felt celebrated and comfortable um, while doing you know jazz contemporary and ballet um, was important for her and then seeing the show she was like actually I can do that I can be in the Lion King and I can be in um, Memphis or I could be in Motown or I could be in um, Dreamgirls you know Um, but they see a variety of shows um, over their involvement with the company and get to perform as well. So, yeah, that's just one one case where it's had a tremendous impact and really changed the trajectory of someone's life, essentially. Yes. And that, yeah. you know, the, the power of that is just cannot... You know, your sister is actually changing not just doing what she does for herself, for her business, but she's, like you said, she's changing one person's life, which yeah. has the repercussion of that is actually you can't calculate because we don't know how far this young girl is going to go. This young woman is going to go who she's going to influence next. And all because of what your sister has created in the first place. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, she's a huge inspiration. And so I think everyone should know about it. Yes, I definitely agree. And maybe we should talk about getting your sister on the show. Yeah. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> I like that. That was smooth. Very smooth. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, no, it's been it's been fun. It's been really fun to be on the show. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So I have just a couple more questions, and then I shall let you go okay. and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Now, okay. what's next for Share Chemistry? So um, what I've been focusing on in the past, uh, well, since I left my job in November is really um, my goal for this year is to really penetrate the UK market. So I've been um, talking to a lot of buyers throughout the country. I was in Manchester this week um, to get sheer chemistry on high street 
around the country. That is my goal, and that's what what I'm working on. Um, And it seems like it will be happening soon. Whoop, whoop. That's what we like to hear. (laughs) Seriously, that's what we like to hear. (laughs) And speaking of how... Safe. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And speaking of getting your hands on Share Chemistry right now, how can one mm-hmm. do that? So um, I sell online. And so I'm currently selling all the product range on sharechemistry.com. Um, so please do visit the website um, and all the information about the brand and the products and the shades is all there. Okay. And you're also, do you still have the partnership with uh, the W Hotel? Um, no, that was just for our launch, actually. Ah. So, um, yeah, so um, for those who don't know, we um, launched in collaboration with the W Hotel, which was a great, great, great partnership. Um, um, we did the launch event there, and they also sell, sold our products for what was supposed to actually be a month, um, but it was extended to six months, which was wonderful. Um, but, yeah, so after the six months, unfortunately, um, we, we weren't selling from there anymore but um but still on our websites and we're always um out and about in london doing various pop-ups okay so you are a traveler and you know brazil and new york seems to have your heart so here's my last (laughs) you're like oh yes (laughs) okay so so since we're there what is it about these two cities that draw you or places that draw you consistently oh um Oh, oh, so. (laughs) Did I just throw you? (laughs) (laughs) And so I think I need to give a bit of a backstory. Um, So Brazil, I I went to Brazil um, during my sandwich placement year um, for university. Um, So basically I was on a four-year course. Um, during my third year, it was compulsory for me to go abroad somewhere. Um, and I always um, dreamt about going to South America and so um, was looking for internships um, in the South American region. Um, and I ended up in Brazil. Um, it's not where I, where I anticipated because I had been practicing Spanish the whole year before and that's the only country that speaks Portuguese. <laughs> but <laughs> it was welcome. And I think one of the things that I love about Brazil is just the the culture the dynamics of their culture like mm-hmm. it's so mixed um, and it's so varied and it's so rich um in terms of just culture um and i ended up in um in a city called santa maria which is nothing like you would imagine a brazilian city to be um it is um, a german influenced city so okay. the south of brazil is quite German and Italian influence. Um, so the architecture is quite European. Um, the people look European. Um, so there's a lot of blonde hair, blue eyes going mm-hmm. on. Um, and it's cold. It gets cold. It gets cold. King, <laughs> <laughs> okay, no to shock to me. But I think um, for me, it was just, I think it was where I was in, in my life. And it was just a completely different culture in the fact that I didn't know any Portuguese when I landed. I learned the language in 10 months. Um, okay. And I really fostered beautiful relationships with people. Um, and I gained a whole family when I was there. Um, I think I, I got to um, travel around the country a lot, so I got to see the diversity of it. And just the music, the food, the people are just 
so, so, so welcoming. So welcoming. Um, and I think that's something that as a Brit, essentially, um, it really took me back because like I was there, let's just say uh, I met someone on my first day and they were like, oh, like it's so nice to meet, meet, meet you. You should come round. You should meet my family. And I'm kind of got my back, my back up thinking, what do you want from me? But really, they're just inviting you round. <laughs> they're like, lunch, come and eat. You're like, why? Well, you, yeah. want, you want to eat me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I think, and I realized how closed and European I was because mm. these people would generally genuinely being nice and welcoming and inviting me into their homes which is a normal thing to do and I was like oh so of course I loosened up very very quickly um but I think it was just um the culture that I fell in love with and I think and so I told a story recently on my Instagram about well it was a brief story about the inspiration um of Rio Romance the shade because uh, one thing that I didn't say is these cities are named after my favorite cities and I I have a personal story about each and every one of them so um Rio Romance, um, at the end of my trip, um, my family tends to meet me wherever I am. So right. my family had planned a trip to Rio um, to meet me. I wasn't staying in Rio, but I traveled to Rio to meet them because I hadn't been to Rio yet. Right. Um, so I arrived a few days early um, because I wanted to explore the city by myself. Um, and at the time, I spoke Portuguese, so I felt quite comfortable in being by myself for a few days. Um, but it was really, um, it was a magical experience because, um, it was the first time I felt, um, that I ha had the opportunity to travel by myself. Um, and it, it was a time where I'd, I'd finished my internship. I'd felt that I'd grown a lot. I'd thrown myself into the unknown, um, and I'd survived. Um, and so there was a day, a particular day, which I will always remember. I'd just gone to Copacabana Beach and I was staying on um, a huge hill at a host in a hostel. Mm -hmm. And I was walking with my towel and um, up this hill and I could hear some drumming and some um, percussion instruments. And then there was like a street party and there were people dancing in the streets and it was really impromptu and there were people selling stuff. And it was a Sunday afternoon. The sun was shining. I'd just gone to the beach. The music was playing. I danced with probably a 90-year-old man who was so happy. And just everything was right in the world. And it was the most kind of carefree and non... Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, materialistic that I've ever been in my life. Um, and so Rio Romance really signifies kind of that day and how I felt. So Rio Romance is about being in love with the person that you've become and being happy with where you are and who you are in this current moment. So it's not necessarily a romance with anybody else, but it's mm -hmm. the romance that you have with yourself. And I will just always remember that magical day in Rio when I was by myself, but I was so happy, so happy. Um, and I think that's kind of uh, what um, is possible when you kind of venture into the un unknown and really explore who you are. Because I remember being so kind of, not scared, but it was a horrible experience in the beginning when I didn't know the language and people were trying to talk to me and I had no idea with what, I, with what they were saying. And I really wanted to be involved and I really wanted to be outgoing and I really wanted to make friends, but I just didn't, 
understand. <laughs> so I couldn't communicate. So it's kind of like being mute. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and I guess as an English speaker, we kind of take it for granted. We expect people to speak English, but it, when I went to Brazil, 80, 90% of people didn't speak English. It, they didn't speak English. So I had to learn. That sounds like a very, very powerful, powerful story and a powerful reason to be in love with Brazil. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was really, um, it was kind of a coming of age trip. Um, and I, I discovered a lot about myself. And um, yeah, it was it was just a beautiful time. But it was it was really going back to the basics. I think that's why I loved Brazil. It was all about going back to the basics and really loving that. Because it wasn't about where I was in Brazil. It wasn't about the material things. It was about community and it was about family and it was about friendship. And that's what I, I got from my experience. Okay. Talia, I think on that note, we, this is just the perfect place to end the show. <laughs> wonderful. Well, it's been, it's been wonderful. Um, I've really thoroughly enjoyed our chat. You know what? I have, I've been so excited. The moment I realized you were coming on the show and getting everything together, I'm like, I really, really, really am looking forward to speaking with you. And yes, I could have you back on the show, you know, time and time again. So please stay connected. Let us know what is new and wonderful with Share Chemistry. Um, I will be going out to get, in, to get a pair of my, for, for myself. And I think yeah. maybe, maybe a pair or more, we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but yes, it's really been an honor to have you on the show. And like I said, we need more women like you talking about representation, the standards mm -hmm. of beauty, and also standing up for all shades of brown women. So, it's yes. been awesome. It really has been. So, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Welcome. And so, ladies and gentlemen, it's a wrap. The fantastic, phenomenal. Talia Gray has been on the show t talking about share chemistry and the brand that is taking on representation for all shades of brown women. Go on her website, look at the product, buy one, buy two, buy three, buy them all. You won't regret it. It's time that we stop stockpiling the black tights and the weird ashy ones that claim to be nude let's stop doing it and get stuff that fits us so talia once again i'm so so honored to have you on the show thanks for having me again but um it's been a pleasure awesome so folks it's a wrap join us same place same time next week we're going to be back at our regular time at 8 p.m as we have another amazing guest coming to the show so if you want to connect with us if you love the show if you even have a comment send us a message you know where to find us we're on shine out loud on instagram twitter and facebook you can hit us up drop us a message or even go onto our website of shineoutloud.tv tell us what you think tell us if you want to be on the show and we will be back same time next week bye You've been listening to The Shine Out Loud Show. If you want to connect with us or let us know what you thought of today's show, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Shine Out Show. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.